Hello everybody and welcome back to the Yannick on Chelsea podcast with me, your host Yann. Today's a really uh, interesting episode. I had a chap on called Matt Levy, who is a radio presenter and Chelsea fan. And we end up having a, a really cool, interesting conversation about Chelsea. Unfortunately, coming off that loss to Spurs, but we had a laugh and um, I really enjoyed it. So hopefully I can get him back on and uh, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy it too. Let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so welcoming to the podcast, Matt Levy, radio host and Chelsea fan. Matt, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, Yannick. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. Uh, Just before we started recording, we were trying not to talk too much about the Tottenham results. So when we record now, we can have our organic uh, somber reactions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Matt is a a radio host. He... um, He's a big Chelsea fan as well. Um, it's not exclusively a football show. The the show he hosts, it does a bit of everything, but it does Premier League uh, updates. Do you want to just give us a quick a quick rundown about what your show is and and uh, stuff like that and what you do? Yeah, my show is on Firebrand Radio, which you can find online. I think we're on digital radios now, mm. and it's on Saturdays. It's called the Saturday Takeover at two o'clock in the afternoon. It's things like lighthearted news, crazy news stories that you find all over the place, uh, lots of great music from the eighties until today, and live Premier League football updates. So it's it's a typical kind of Saturday afternoon, lighthearted. I hope. A fun radio show. Lovely, and it's even more fun when Chelsea win. Yes, Hmm? and it's a it's a very because I've been chatting to you for a little while talking about getting you on the show. So it's it's just an unfortunate timing for your for your debut to to be our first loss of the season. But that's okay. We're not going to be too negative today, Matt. We're gonna. Of course not. And thank you for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure, mate. And um, uh, provided you pass all the exams of today's. guest appearance you may you may get a chance another chance (laughs) i hope so right okay mate so we've put it off for a little bit i'm going to do today's pod in two two parts we'll we'll talk about the performance uh, against the spuds um and then i want to do a second part where we look ahead and then maybe just chat generally what we think about the season but let's let's look back um on the game yesterday away at Wembley against Spurs. Um, before we get into the sort of uh, guts of it, um, what's like your first sort of surface feelings about the result? Um, what, how do you feel? Well, I think the result was coming. I think a lot of people, a lot of fans, I should say, were were feeling the same after the game yesterday. Certainly, our performance level had been going down, and. The big worry, really, I think, was the nature of the defeat. That was my overriding concern. It was another spineless capitulation to Spurs. Mm. Two early goals, dreadful defending, no fight, no heart, no character, no leadership. And the other, or I suppose the other prevailing thought I had was that we have been found out. We've been playing pretty football, a lot of passing for passing's sake. But... Yeah, we were really just blown away. And that was the big worry because there's no steal. Even if you look at the performance last year at Wembley, when we won, we had the fight to go on and win it at the end of the match when Alonso scored. Um, But there doesn't seem to be any, the the big worry, there's no, there's no, I suppose I use the word moral fiber. There's no character in the side. It's not about Kante playing out of position. And it's not even about David Luiz. 
it's about the whole team mentality. Mm. And that is the worry because say what you like about Antonio Conte, and we know how polarizing he is. He did have that inner strength and he did give the team, he provided the team with that, that belief perhaps. And there was definitely a much stronger mentality yeah. last season. I'm all for Sarri saying the players need to enjoy themselves. I understand they didn't enjoy life under Conte, especially towards the end. I understand that. But mm. you can't have this. You can't have this. Absolutely. Yesterday. Okay. Well, there's a lot to dissect out of, um, out of that. Um, yeah. Wanna, yeah. No, well said. Here, here. But there's a few things I'd like to pick up with from what you've said. Um, I think you're right that the whole thing about Kante playing. I think Kante actually was maybe one of the bright sparks in that game in terms of, you know, he was doing what the sort of theoretical position change was meant to afford him to do in terms of, you know, take it, turning over possession a bit higher and generally generally making a he was pressing a lot uh, he was probably the most you know it's easy when you've just signed the contract for 300k a week to, to put a shift <laughs> in and you know when you're to work. but um yeah like you say there was there was a lack of fight i mean as well to make to sort of make parallels with conte and, and differences i i agree as well in terms of nurturing the inner child sari's philosophy of fun um but and and it's almost like this modern day football less and less is requiring this sort of steeliness. It's almost like if you've got a, a, a style and a systematic approach, then that's all that necessarily needs to be. Like we've got small technical players, but we needed a few six foot, you know, uh, six foot tall hard lads with a bit of heart in that game. I know that sounds silly and old school, but I think there's certainly an element of it as well. And uh, rather worryingly as well, Conte. You know, when he changed the system for Chelsea, it took the rest of the season for us to be found out. Um, it is rather worrying that it looks kind of apparent that we may have actually been found out so early. And can it be as easy as, you know, stifling Jorginho and, and just lobbing balls over the top? What do you think? Well, I think that with um, with Jorginho, a lot of it, I think, is passing for passing's sake which yes. is a waste of time. He isn't fast, and I don't know how strong he is physically. He's playing in a very important role. Mm. And you know, they say that old school's the best school, but it and that's true. If you look at the old, so I, I know they call him the Chelsea old guard. I mean, for years, you look at the, the spine of the side. So you could say Czech, Terry, Balak, um, Balak Ashley Cole, Lampard, Drogba, and then a little bit later on, Diego Costa mm. and, and Makaleli, of course, going further back. And obviously, I could SCN go back as well. SCN, all those great players. And it's not, and there, and SCN's not the biggest, but he's, he had the mentality. Yeah, Ashley steeliness. Cole's not the biggest. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you even look at, I know it sounds crazy, even someone like Damien Duff. Yeah. Wasn't, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't ever, he wouldn't shirk under pressure. No. And, we don't seem to have the mental, you're right, we have the technical ability, but, and I know it's a terrible hackneyed cliche talking about, what do they call it, the Tuesday night in Stoke in November at night. But it's true though, isn't it? If you look at the fixtures yeah. throughout a season and you say when we win the league, you look at pivotal fixtures and you're looking at things like Everton away, Burnley away, all those kind of games, especially if they're in the winter, 
where you think, yeah, that was a pivotal three points. West Ham away. Mm. All those kind of games. And I think it's very important. And you look at John Terry as an example and Tony Adams. And I hate to say, I know I'm going to get pelted for this. Even Steven Gerrard yeah. at Liverpool. The way they could drag the team forward and the way that Chelsea seem to have given up at times. We've been playing very poorly recently and you need a lot more. You know what they say? Hard, uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Look at Morata. He's pathetic. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's, well pathetic, think, so you need that. Yeah. Okay. Well, before, before we move, we will move on to players, I think, and certainly Morata and stuff. But um, I think also it's a very, I think there'll probably be one exception to um, potentially, you know, I want to use Man City as an example in a comparison because I don't think particularly they have a team full of, um, you know, hearty soldiers. I think they're literally so good at what they do that they they can afford to just con- not only, you know, essentially just continue playing in plan A constantly and they never need to resort to, you know, said character, picking everyone up and dragging them through because they've got like... They just so they win comprehensively every single time. I think that's how Sari wants to approach with this Chelsea. Like, no, we're not big players. We're small and technical. We want to play in such a way where we dominate possession and control and play through the lines that that's just just how we win. Whereas we're nowhere near Man City. So although that's a freedom that's afforded to them that they can just constantly play like that and you know just skip through with smiles on their faces and they don't need like a John Terry character to pick them up. Chelsea don't have that luxury you know we're we're a team in transition it started quite well but we're not always going to have to um always be able to play you know 700 past Jorginho and then you know wingers cut in and whatever if I feel a little bit like in that game well in hindsight it's a wonderful thing but I said from from the very early this, this the game's calling out for Giroud not just for the physical presence but the man's of Arsenal, Arsenal and now Chelsea descent. If there's one man that's going to want to score against um, Tottenham, <laughs> you know it's it's going to mm. be him. But um, yes. in terms of, yeah. in terms of changing that game, you know I, whether it's a pride thing or whether it goes directly against his morals and his footballing philosophy to maybe look say all right, Kante sweep up in the number six role where Jorginho is, take Jorginho off, put Barkley on uh, for. Jorginho and like or even Sesk Sesk's not to play in you know don't play in Jorginho's role can't just let Kante sit behind you go forward try and pass to Hazard try and pass to Giroud you know just literally rip up his own blueprint just for that game but whether that's a pride thing or going against his philosophy or you know that's what that's the one sort of concern about his adaptation in certain games certainly I've tweeted about this and talked about this but do you can you see Sari? making any sort of um, alterations in his approach at all? Well, he hasn't so far. He hasn't changed the team. No. Um, I think it would be good if Kante and Jorginho swapped one go, one stay. Yes. It'd be interesting to see Jorginho maybe advance forward, maybe get a couple of goals because we've got no goals in midfield. Which he does for Italy, I think, you know. I've yes, seen... exactly. Yeah. And the thing about uh, about adapting, I mean, Eddie Newton himself said recently... Players, top, top players will get it two or three times on the training ground. Mm. They'll, un- they'll get it straight away. Yeah. And the point about Manchester City, I mean, they've, they've got Fernandinho, who's a tough, He tough is a bit guy. of a brute, yeah. 
he's a brute. But also as well, I understand what you're saying. Yes, they they are so good. And no, they're not a team. I mean, I'm not saying, I know you're not saying I'm suggesting we need a team of thugs. I'm not saying that. No. But they've, they've spent, they can buy, spend 50 million on a left back. So yes. they can buy all these incredible players. Then they're miles ahead. We just don't have enough good players. That's true. It's interesting because um, looking in, a lot of people think the Chelsea squad is like, we, we've got players that have done a lot. Um, I'm never one for coating off players, but um, I tell you what, this is a good, um, you know, this is a good sort of opportunity to reflect because I, I don't think there's any, I think in terms of the Spurs game, we were we were sort of outplayed. I think Pochettino did do sorry tactically. He's looked at the weaknesses. We got done on the flanks, uh, and they kept cutting the ball back over and over and over. And we we could have lost maybe <laughs> by a, a much bigger yeah. goal margin. Um, a, a quick word for 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 Kepper as well. Although he conceded three, he, I think he made six or seven saves. Three of them. No, being, he did. You know, he did. Well, and did you did you yeah. see his little face? Bless him. He was absolutely losing his shit if you excuse my french but he um he was yeah. and i don't blame him no. i mean what what the thing that annoys me about when we play spurs is that the players know how spurs are going to play mm. they're a very very good side they're a terrific side with a great manager but what i don't understand is how when we play spurs we always let ericsson have the run of the pitch yeah and you've got to put someone on him Kante needs to be buzzed, should have been buzzing around him all the time. Don't let him settle. He dictates the play. He's a, world, he's a genuinely world-class player, in my opinion. I agree. But what I don't understand is that if Sari wasn't sure, Zola should have been able to advise him to say, look, Spurs are going to come out like... Or just anyone. Like yeah. They I are going to absolutely go for us, as they have done the last few years. That's why our record against them at, at their place is so poor last season, notwithstanding. Mm. And that's what I don't understand. And Sari needs to also understand that the Premier League is faster than Serie A. Yeah. Well, this this goes back to the sort of thing we were just saying about potential adaptation, you know, because he seems to be the type where he believes so firmly in his philosophy. You know, it's it's almost re- it's, it's not redundant looking at opposition because, you know, any manager worth his salt is going to do an analysis. But there's just there was frustrating parallels to like previous game. I think Deli Ali scored that exact goal against us three yes, or four times did. now. Yeah, you know? that header, that flicked header. Yeah, I mean the thing time. is, I I do feel I genuinely do feel that Sarri is a good guy. I think I don't think there's pressure on him that much this season. No, I think the club know they need to to buy some more players. Uh, we never, we don't seem to understand that you. I always use the expression. You strengthen when you're peaking, not when you're creaking. So it's when we're when we've won the title, we then implode. We need to improve the squad when we've won the league. So I think Sarri is a good guy. I do trust his judgment on Ampadu. I trust his judgment on Hudson Odoi, mm. and I trust him generally. I think he is a very good manager. But I think if you look at what he's working with, which isn't really his squad, and you look at players coming towards the end of their careers, players. You know, they're not sure about Hazard. There's there's a lot for him to deal with there. And he's come in, at a, as you say, at a time of change. But I do think that keeping everything in perspective from yesterday, while we do need an improvement, it is only his first, what, half, not even half season oh, in the job. Hugely in his infancy um, mm. in terms of his project. Um, okay, before before I move on to part two, I, do, I will touch on yeah. those couple of youth players um, because... Uh, 
we've obviously got an upcoming Europa League game that I've just bought tickets to. £20 the home game. That's nice. <laughs> I've been going, just keep going to the Europa League home games because they cost absolute peanuts. Um, <laughs> Why not? Okay, a quick, a quick word um, on certain players then, mate, um, before yeah. we move on. Because um, I, I want to I talk about the upcoming games and we do predictions. But before we, before we move on to that... Um, the transfer window is coming up. Uh, it is. Like, like you said at the beginning um, of this pod about how this this result sort of was coming. I agree. I feel that the last few games, this this sorry has been excellent. The players have picked up the idea quickly. Um, it is a good positive philosophy. But my God, have we been lucky on so many occasions? Um, whether, whether it's just well, uh, the amount of sitters that have been missed against us, you know, from the first ten games, some of them like three or four in a game against Arsenal, or you mm. know, Liverpool, both games in the cups, and and just so many, so many occasions where there's been a gaping goal, and for some reason, if there was a God, he was like, no, I'm going to protect Chelsea today. Um, we have been incredibly lucky. I, I did see a. Um, a result like this coming that I agree with you but I am kind of pleased it sort of happened before January in a sense I think it may strengthen the case for um in and outgoings I know Sari maintains that he's not one to be interested in in the transfer market how he's a coach before you know some a manager that deals with transfers which is you know it's, it's a humbling sentiment but uh, I think I think I'm sure you'd agree that changes need to be made. Um, so I'm gonna give you a couple of minutes to to try and not be overly overly sentimental with players. And who would you right. be your ins and outs? Oof. Well, buying players in January is very difficult, of course, especially Absolutely. strikers. There's not that many around, and I don't think that Batshuayi is the answer. No, I don't. It's not. I just don't think he's good enough. Look, it's very difficult because he's a lovely boy. You can mm. tell. He's and he scored goals as well. Nice... That's not always enough. Well, a few tap-ins here and there against rubbish. I mean, I, I don't think Batshuayi is top class. Fair enough. Um, and I think what we've done so far is we've done what we've always done for the last couple of years. We've relied on some genius from Eden Hazard to sort us out. Mm. Now, if I was him, because he, let's face it, he doesn't need the money. No. Would he want, is he going to, is there enough there for him? I mean, he said it very tellingly in the summer, he said, well, we need to buy good players. Now, clearly the players that were bought before, Danny Drinkwater, not rated by Sarri, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, not rated. And I've, I'm happy with that. He's entitled to, he's the manager and he lives and dies by his decisions. Yeah, it's his project as well. His project. Yeah. I mean, in January... Are we talking about realistically or what I'd like to see? Well, just give me give me a bit of both, mate. A bit of both. <laughs> just preface right. it with your, <laughs> okay, with your disclaimers. Well. Disclaim first. Like, I see this right, happening. Well, I'd like this to happen sort of thing. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd like a 25-year-old Kerry Dixon. I'd like a 25-year-old <laughs> Franco Zola. Now, I would like um, putting the time machine away. Yes. I think, I think assuming Christensen stays, we'll be okay at centre-half. I would drop David Luiz and I would put in Christensen and Rudiger. Okay. Um, I'd have Ampadu. If not a centre-half, I'd have him in the midfield. Yeah. I mean, he looked like he could be our best defender talent-wise for a while, which is nuts. Uh, I'd go for a striker and a right winger. 
Yes. Not sure about Pedro. I mean, putting the outs aside for a minute, I'd go for a winger and a striker. Probably actually, you know, thinking about it, Yannick, I'd probably go for one player in each, in each department. Mm. Yeah. I'd go for it. If we can't, if we don't, if Christensen is, is persona non grata, if we're not going to, if he doesn't trust any other defenders, I'd buy a defender, a midfielder, a winger and a striker. So right. three or four. Okay. But in terms of out... Well, I'm afraid, William. Yeah, I mean, just just to put just to pause you for one moment. Can mm. you imagine turning down the sixty, seventy million pound bid from Barcelona in the summer for William, and not just spending fifty and keeping twenty profit or something? Well, for, for clearly, listen. The, the the one thing I would suggest is that coaches and managers obviously see things that we don't. Yeah. And I think that there's obviously something about William that he really likes. Clearly, there's um, he doesn't feel Ampadu and Hudson Adoy are ready, and I agree with that. Hudson Adoy has just turned 18, and it's the pressure on him is even now is ridiculous, and I think that he's right. I think it might be time to ease them in. If the board would say to Sarri, "Look, don't worry about anything this year." play him if you want it doesn't matter i mean mm. if you feel you don't you, you're worried about your position if you play him and we lose they should have that conversation because if he does think he's good enough he needs to play mm. but i think certainly it may well be that perhaps we don't need a winger and you could play hudson adoy instead if he doesn't want to do that then we'll need a winger I mean, the problem a- is when you buy players in january they're going to be on three four-year contracts so you have to look further afield but the Cup problem with- as well Exactly. Yes. And there is that. The thing I would suggest as well, in terms of the, the, the striker position, when you have a number nine as a reference point, like Drogba, like Diego, it makes the team a lot better. Do you remember when, when Giroud was playing and he, we, we were actually playing well, because Giroud can hold the ball, he can play off him, he can win second balls, he can bring players in, he's got the aerial presence. But he's, he's, it's actually his touch and his combinations for a big lump. It's very he good. Yeah, it's lovely, yeah. It's very good. So when you have that, there's no one to hit. So we don't have that reference point up front. Now, I understand. I know that when you play one striker these days, as Drogba so brilliantly demonstrated, it's more than just your your classic Gary Lineker, Michael Owen, Robbie Fowler kind of striker. Mm. You need to do so much more. Mm. And and to to a very small degree, I do feel for Morata in that respect, although he does miss his fair share as well. But I think... I think the number nine, if the number nine role gets sorted out properly, I think that might go a fair way towards solving our problems. And of course, we've got no goal threat from midfield. So if we're going to buy a midfielder, we need someone who's going to bang in. Look, we're not going to get another Frank. We're not going to get another Frank. But at least you're looking at least, what, you 10 goals from a central midfielder? It's not well, that much. It looked like Barkley. I mean, in, in those three games, he got three goals and three assists and three games. And, you know, one of them, he just came on at the end at United. So it looked like he could... Fancy. Maybe. I hope so. But he's out of the team. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, out of the team. Mm, so I don't know what they've done. Apart, from, Yes, exactly. But I don't know what, I don't know how Sarri is basing it. I mean, so if you come into the team and you have a poor game, are you out again? I don't know. I mean, he seems to have his favourites. I mean, I don't know what's happening with Pedro, but I, I don't know. I know you're right. Sarri has said about the transfer market, he finds it boring. He first the coach players, and I get that. But mm. the fact is, I think a lot of people would agree 
we don't have enough good players. Okay. Yeah, I agree. So let me let me pick up on some of the stuff you said. Um, I think that you're right in terms of the competition where, where we don't have the quality. I think from the comparison to Napoli, from the level of players they are, and then coming to to Chelsea, he's obviously Hazard. Willian, you know, he scores far. He's he's probably should have scored twice as many career goals as he's got at the moment yes. if you look at the numbers. Yes. Um, but if you look at, he arrived, he obviously knew Pedro um, Morata from uh, quite a successful stint at Juventus. He was a great player at Juventus when he wasn't being um, so pressured. Um, just quickly on Morata as well. For me, Costa used to do a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of the same bullshit that Morata does in terms of getting wound up by the defenders, turning on them, turning on the officials, turning on the ref, whinging. Yes, he wasn't diving. He tried to win fouls all the time. Costa did all that. But so at the, in, in the Drogba 90... Yeah, yeah, Drogba certainly early did as well. But even like to the end, Costa, he'd do all that. But at the 92nd minute, he'd bully off five players and tuck it in the bottom corner and win us the game. And, yes. you know, and suddenly all the rest would be forgiven. And Morata's just, obviously, he doesn't do that. So we just, it's just all the bullshit, essentially. But um, just, I, I digress slightly. So, so sorry, he comes to Chelsea and he does see a lot of quality. Um, he, he would have known Willian as a cultured Brazilian player that's won some stuff for Chelsea and, you know, did well under Conte. And he would have looked at Pedro. Pedro suits a 4 3 because that's what he studied all his life at Barca and you know he looks at him he he sees a sort of Dries Mertenese kind of guy um started very well obviously the first few games was scored quite quickly he's probably I know he's getting on now but in terms of like here and now because you, you know going back to like the Hudson Adoys and the Ampadus the Chelsea manager as an entity he's not he hasn't got the freedom of a Pochettino looking you know expected to bring people through he's he's a why a why should I give a shit about these players in three years because even if I do really well I won't be here in three years because that's just the way it is mentality and B I need to allow myself to make it that far therefore play the more experienced players now because of the pressures but um I, I, I think for outs for me personally I think um I'd like Gary Cahill to stay because for backup he is he is okay you know it's it, mm. he he's he's proper Chelsea and he wants the team to do well and although he shouldn't be starting but I see I see him going I think Moses is the biggest victim of circumstance because obviously he can't play right back um he's obviously not going to play in the midfield three because they're completely different roles to a right wing and say a 4-2-3-1 um so it's systematically and technically it's just completely irrelevant for him and he's not a front free player anymore and it's so he's he's got to go i think um drink water i mean he's having a lovely time on a big salary isn't he he only just recently oh, signed yes. he's got a nice house in london he gets to keep fit i see his instagram he's going for runs like how he's just having a you know to, to get I him out the door him. it would take some work I don't right blame him. yeah i mean you know god bless him i i think i've said this before when Conte came to the Premier League and Chelsea said, right, you know, we've just finished 10th. We're fucked. You've got to save us. What do you want? He's obviously looked at the Premier League. Leicester won. And he said, oh, I want their midfield. Give me Kante and drink water. And they were like, well, you, yes. you, can't, you, can't, you can't have both. Pick one. And fortunately, he says, all right, well, Kante for now. And we got Kante. And, and when it all went tits up at the end of that season, it was like, oh, look, we got your drink water now as well. So you got your wish. And <laughs> I don't think it really yeah, exactly. went to hell. I mean, I think the thing is about Spurs, of course, remember they haven't bought anybody. No. They, yeah. They're a team. We, we don't look a team. And, and that's keeping perspective 
as well, we don't really look at team. And, and I guess, I know we, we spoke earlier about Manchester City and yes, they've got a, a stellar, absolutely stellar squad. We know how much money they've spent. But other teams have proven um, Real Madrid that you can have all the stars, but you're not a team. They're a team. We didn't look like a team yesterday. Mm. Well, I agree with you about Gary Cahill. I mean, but with Moses, I suppose you could argue every dog has its day. He had a wonderful season when we won the league. Yeah. Um, but he's very limited. The fact he, you're right, he can't play right back. He can't play right wing. He can't really play right midfield. He can't play in a front three. He's a wing back. Yeah, so what do you do? Now, yeah. But the problem is he is, I mean, I suppose you could say he's a body, I guess. Um, it, it, it's very strange what's happened with Chelsea because at the beginning of the season, as is always the way, things were going well. Um, we looked like we had proper depth in the team and something has has gone wrong. And I don't think it's about being found out either. I don't know what it is, but mm. there's definitely a problem. Maybe it's about Hazard possibly wanting to leave. Yeah. Maybe he's he's a bit cheesed off because they rely on him so much. I don't know. I think but there's so, clearly something wrong. I I uh, I mean we, I don't want to go into the Hazard debate, but obviously he won't go in January. But I think um, I don't think he actually wants to go to Real Madrid and, and overly. I think. I met the guy from uh, A Star Barbers once on the train coming back from London, which are the, is the the guys who cut all the famous footballers' hair. It's mainly yes, Chelsea in Cobham, yeah. Yeah, and I was chatting to the guy. Yeah, exactly. He, he cuts Hazard's hair a lot, <laughs> and uh, whether I should be saying this live on the podcast, but he did sort of explain Hazard. This is why well, now Hazard's been talking. It doesn't matter. But this was uh, quite over a year ago when he said this because he was quite drunk. We were both drunk coming back on the train, and I recognised him. And he says, look. He's told me if if Real Madrid come in, he's he's gone. He said, I love Chelsea, but you know I'm a career. This is my career. Um, that was it. And I was like, oh my god. But then you know, since then, a few months later, Hazard's come out. But there there is an element of he is happy. You know, he, he goes shopping in Cobham Waitrose with his kids sitting on his shoulders. You know, they all go to school here and they're all settled. And he is a family man. So, provided Chelsea sort their shit out, I think he'd be very very happy to stay at Chelsea. And Sari did come out and say, he, the way, he, I, I don't know if this is because his English is limited, but the way he structured his response to the Hazard contract question after talking about Kante's new contract, he says, I don't know how far we are in the, the evolution of the deal, but I, I think we can do it sort of thing. So, um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to say well, one thing or another at this sort of stage. But um, I... We can only hope. Yeah, we can only hope. Okay, um, I do. I, I want to go on to part two, mate. But just quickly, I want to wrap yes. up. So I feel yep. like um, Moses drink water out. I feel like we should have flogged William where we had the chance, even if it was to Man United. To be honest, um, they made a lot of cash in them because it would have just been another like cash in like Matic. But um, and then it, I agree with you. I think we'd get a centre back in, maybe someone like a Rugani, or I've, I see an Italian centre back coming in. I don't see a striker coming in in January. Certainly, certainly not the caliber we want, unless it is a sort of compromise on the Callum Wilson. Um, mm -hmm. And like you say, a right winger. You know, I did a poll on my Twitter about who would you prefer to see: Torgan Hazard, Christian Pulisic. Um, Nabil Fakir or Leon Bailey that we were heavily linked to who's a Chelsea fan as a kid I believe mm. I personally I just watched the beginning of that Belgium game when Torgan scored two 
goals, quick succession, and there's a certain romance to having the Hazard brothers on each wing, um, flanking a striker. But I think Nabil Fakir won the um, the poll with like 1,100 votes. Um, do you have, do you have a preference for a purchase on the right wing, or would you just? I don't. I mean, I not, I know all those players are. I've not seen them. Um, play that much myself yeah. if Hudson Adoy isn't going to get a game this season then he's more uh, left he's like he used to play as a striker or left wing so it's yeah. not really covering the right wing position I think any of those players from what I understand would probably add would be better than what we've got now agree yeah it's <laughs> and that's really that's really the key um I think Pulisic Mm. would be the most likely in terms of availability but I th- I'm not I'm not sure he he's so young he's 20 but he's very much like Willian in terms of traveling with the ball and no end product but the club would want to buy him because he's the best American soccer player and he's the face of US soccer and he's 20 years old so in terms of like a, an investment for marketing that would I'm afraid yes that yeah. I'm afraid that that is part of modern football isn't it yeah I'm sure that's the kind of thing they think about Absolutely, yeah, because they just dom- it's almost like a way to dominate the American market for soccer or football that is growing over there. But um, and just quickly before part two, um, uh, Matt, what do you think about a striker in general? A January, would, uh, it doesn't look like we'd be able to get a top tier striker. Well, would you be happy with like a Callum Wilson? Callum Wilson. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Tammy Abraham scored a penalty today. I don't know if we can get him back. Probably not. No. Um, and you, and you obviously, don't fancy Mishy. Would you no. would you fancy Mishy just to come back for six months to just give him a crack at in salary system, or do you really not think it's a solution? I, I personally, I don't rate him. I just he's he's like um, he reminds me of Kalu, lovely guy, yeah, just not good enough, yeah, just not good enough. I mean, yeah, I suppose Josh King wouldn't wouldn't be a bad wouldn't be a bad guy. I mean, this sounds crazy. If you're looking at a six month deal, even someone like Shane Long. Wow. I know it's crazy for us to be. You think I'll you know, Premier we're not League? Good that, we're not too player. good for anybody. He's a he's a Premier League player. He can slot in. Even Char- like Charlie Austin. I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> we're not too good for anybody. No, absolutely. I mean, either one of those players, any of those players we've just mentioned, you put against their Spurs game. Morata this season. I was. I, I think I saw on Twitter eighteen offsides. Bournemouth this season sixteen offsides. Yes, just, yes, I, I saw that as well. Shoulder. Oh my goodness! All right, I tell you what, this, we're gonna we're gonna move on from the from part one, mate. We're gonna look at, we're gonna look ahead um, at the two, two upcoming games and maybe just chat just the future of Chelsea. Okay, see you yep. in part two. Welcome back to part two, guys. I'm here with Matt. Still, we have done the somber, depressing Spuds game review. <laughs> <laughs> Talked about potential in and outgoing. Post mortem. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, okay. Just um, we've got some upcoming fixtures. I'm going to go down to the bridge on the 29th on the next coming Thursday to play Pauk. Are we? I think we're we've qualified, but do we need one point to top the group? Do you know? Like, I'm not entirely sure myself. I'm not sure. We're through. I thought we have. Yeah, we, no, maybe I, okay. we haven't. Well, I know we're through, but I've some. Re- we've got two games to go, and I have a feeling we need one point to to top the group. I may be wrong about that, but um, do you see a rotation finally in this game to just see it to see like you know is it going to be Christensen and Cahill again, or are we going to see an Ampadu? Do you think we'll see Hudson Odoi came on to make his first appearance as a sub? 
in the last game. Do you think he could start this one, or is Sari going to ensure he wants... Just for the sake of it, imagine we do need one point for definite still. Is he going to rotate and play the kids, or is he going to try and definitely get that one point, bearing in mind we've got two games to do it? Well, we've got um, an early kickoff on the Sunday against Fulham, which is going to be huge now. They won yesterday, and with Claudio being there, they're going to come at us. So, I mean, the game's on the Thursday. I would like to think that he will be quite brave this time. Why not? And if there's a game we're going to, we're going to, you can make changes in a risk-free but competitive game. Yeah, it's going to be this one. I'd love to see see them play, mm. but my gut feeling is that he won't. I think I think Christensen and and Cahill will play. Yeah, I think Pedro will play. I don't think that he's going to... Well, we don't actually have that many options. Fabregas will play, I'm sure. Yes. Um, I think Giroud will will start. But what I don't understand, the one thing I don't understand, if you look at it, we've got... I mean, if you look at Spurs yesterday, I I know we've discussed the game, but if you look at who their options are, okay, they've got Kane, who we know is fantastic, and they've got uh, Son. But Son's not in proper, proper nine, is he? No, he scored, but he's... He can play there. Yeah. They got the Yorente because we were and heavily Yorente, Yorente. I mean, even he's got something. We've got, we've had two strikers really for the last few years, which is ridiculous for how many tournaments we're in. Yeah. However, I don't, I don't, personally, I don't think Sari will change it that much. Mm. I'd love to see him give it a go. I think uh, Kepa will have a rest. Yes. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to change that much, to be honest. I think he just wants to get us winning again because it's not so much the defeat yesterday. It's how we react to it. And I think he's going to want to give uh, Pauk a, a beating. Mm. So th- I think for him, the best way to do it is to play it safe, play the big players, get a couple of goals, and then maybe put Hudson-Odoi mm. and or Ampadu on. So you, you think sort of confidence and continuity in terms of uh, starting this game and getting getting uh, confidence back? Yeah, that's what he's done so far. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, oh, he yeah. hasn't. And the, you know you could you couldn't dispute that really. It, it's almost like you can't dispute whatever he does because um, he's in a very delicate position. Um, so it, well, he shouldn't be, but he probably feels like he does just because it's Chelsea FC and and you know we've just come off a loss to the rivals and stuff. I mean, this is the kind of game that I would like to see Morata starting again and get another goal. And even Fulham, I think um, Fulham suits Morata a lot better in terms of getting in behind a shit defence. Um, Yes, perhaps. Really, it's sort of Giroud. I would have liked to see Giroud start. I mean, that Spurs game, again, let's, we banged the drum, but it was crying out for Giroud for like a multitude of reasons, if you ask me. But Oh, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. I mean, the thing is, you could argue Antonio got a tune out of that squad. He, he got the title by making that genius change. Mm. You could argue it papered over the cracks because we've never really had an identity in, which we're trying to forge now, to be fair. Mm. The whole atmosphere around the club is a lot better. Yes. But we've never seemed to have had a big plan. Look at how Manchester City, okay, they've got the money, even putting the money aside, and Liverpool and Spurs and Arsenal, they all seem to have a plan, a plan and a philosophy. And you can see where they're going with Chelsea. And I understand, we've won the trophies. We've won the trophies. For us, it's more like a two, three-year cycle. Yeah, which is served, which is served its purpose. I mean, people mocked the the revolving doors of managerial 
uh, changes. But I think if you spoke to people high up in the club and says, you know, are you looking for a legacy with a manager to stay for X amount of time? They'd probably go no. They say no. Yes, no. absolutely. Because yeah. we've got the trophies to prove it. Yeah, you know, it works. It's a model that works. It's not It's not about, um, you know, they'd probably like free to, for like managers to see out their contracts in terms of not having to pay them off. But for three-year cycles, it's fine. You know, they said it freshens up, new style, new, new player reaction it's just works it's our proven formula you know most trophies in england last 10 years um the proof is in the pudding so then but then you could also argue that how come spurs can put in players like harry winks liverpool get put in trent alexander arnold playing in champions league finals a few games well yeah yeah, but what my point is is that they seem to be able to integrate youngsters and be successful Mm. And you could see, like, you know... But we can't seem to do that. No, and you could see, you know, Ampadu, obviously, he was, looked excellent. I remember Matt Law um, talking about uh, Ampadu. Um, he, he reports on Chelsea, but he's a Villa fan. He's saying, like, it looks like Chelsea's best centre-back, talent-wise. And, you know, he was 17 years old at the time. He was putting tackles in, good tackles in on 35-year-olds and doing oh, them yeah, injuries. Yeah. <laughs> and getting up yeah. and being like, sorry, mate, you're right. And then carrying on and, and then doing like a Perlo impression five minutes later in terms of long diagonal balls and stuff. So, um, you know, and and don't... Ta- if if Ka- Callum Hunt's in the door, we've seen his quality, he could well have been the Jaden Sancho that went to Dortmund and they, they saw the English talent and played him. And then, you know, who knows what would have happened. So it's, it's very much a circumstance thing. I mean, I, I well, genuinely really do believe in the in the quality of Callum Hudson-Odoi. Um, I do. I mean, hopefully he'll sign a contract like um, Ampadu has. But if yeah. we lose him, if yeah. we lose listen, if we lose him, we lose him. I always think if you're, if you're good enough, you'll play. He might be another Josh McEachran. We oh, don't God. really know. Yeah, yeah, we don't really know. If he goes, he goes. Hopefully he won't. Mm. I mean, but, he, just, he just, he was roasting Bellerin in um, that pre-season game, you know. Pre-season. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, it just in terms of showed ability and confidence. Even he's come on for cameos. So anyway, what, what we mean, sorry, when we knew Conte was going and we didn't know who was going in, a lot of people were thinking mm, Jardim would be really, really good because um because he likes to implement and bring through youngsters and and nurture high quality, very young talent. Which you thought, oh, Chelsea's academy, arguably the best in Europe, that suits us really well. Probably a little bit too much of a sort of a dreamland thing. Uh, but when Sari came in, people were like, oh, God damn, you know, he's come second of 91 or two points in Syria. And, and you know, there's this sort of a, a pop culture thing of Sarismo Sari ball. So, you know, it, it's a cool thing to have at Chelsea one way or another. You know, it's it's a, it's a Jardim would have been a, a, an OK style of bringing people through. But Sari was a very much a distinguished attacking, a re- recognised in world football yes. as his own attacking football. And for Chelsea fans, for us to get there, we're like, well, that's a lovely change. Yes, please. Yum, yum, yum. So um, you can't well, have it all as Chelsea I mean, fans. Ho- hopefully, you know, I mean, you're always going to find problems to play the youth. Put, sign these people's do this, sack the board, this, that, and, you know, that, the other. You'll always find things to say. But, um... Well, I agree. I mean, the point is, though, if you look at some of the... you look at, say, Mason Mount. Yes. Who looks excellent he, he, as well. He, he, yes. But if he was at another Premier League team, he'd be playing. Absolutely. 100%. Although, uh, I think... I think um, I, I completely agree with you, but I think for him at the moment, basing his sort of style of play on Frankie Lampard, there, can't, there couldn't be a better place for him, I don't think, so... No, and with certainly with players coming to the end of their careers, there could be some opportunities next season. Mm. 
So that is certainly something to, that we can look forward to. If you look at, we've got a lot of players in their thirties. Um, it could well be that next season we will see these kids coming through. But Absolutely. it could be. It's worth Chelsea saying, look, you know what? Forget this season. Get them ready for next season. That is when we're going to go for it. Yeah, you, you know, just so we, but we don't know. Yeah, just on a really quick tangent, I would have liked to. I mean, it probably wouldn't have worked realistically, but I would have liked to see Van Hinkle back in terms of a goal scoring yes. midfielder. But um, you know, you don't know, Tina. You know, again, the His club knee keeps exploding, doesn't it? That's the yeah. problem. <laughs> okay, quickly before we move on to the Fulham game, Matt. Um, we yeah, you know, it's, any of us can guess in terms of um the lineup. We hope to see you. If we probably just see more of a quintessential. B team uh, in the power yes, game. Yes. Um, I'm, it's going to be a difficult question, but could you could you throw a score prediction for Salonica? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say two one to Chelsea. Okay. I mean, yeah, we'll take it. And uh, in in terms of in terms of predictions, can you see say Ampadu or Hudson Odoi getting time, or do you think maybe sub appearances? I think sub appearances. I hope I'm wrong, but I think sub appearances. Okay, cool. All right, mate. Well, let's move on uh, before we wrap up to the Chelsea Fulham game. I actually thought it was Wolves because I uh, apparently can't read properly and I'm looking at the screen. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, you're right. It is against Fulham. My old flatmate's a um, my Fulham fan. Uh, I think I might go to the reverse fixture with him because I think Fulham's the only ground in uh, in England with a neutral stand, possibly. That's yes, the, that's a good point, actually. They are, yeah, they are the quintessential yeah. plastics. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I, honestly, it's, I, I don't know if you've been down to the cottage, but it's a lovely place to watch football. It is. I, it is. It's lovely. Yeah. Well, of course, we're so lucky because if you think Stamford Bridge is probably, it's in the middle of the most prime real estate in the world. Yeah. Um, it's a wonderful place um, to go. And I, I agree. I like Fulham. Mm. They're kind of like, I don't look on them as, as big rivals. They're like our little brothers. Sure. Absolutely. Exactly that. Yeah. You know, exactly that. You can't right. hate, how can you dislike Fulham? It's and plucky as well. <laughs> that sounds so condescending. Yeah. They're kind of like a bit like Bournemouth. I know they were, they're a bit of a joke in terms of leaking girls this season, but they had that sort of likability that Bournemouth have in terms of, um, I agree. You know, uh, expansive. Especially with Claudio there now. Yeah. Well, even more likable now. Right. Yeah, so, um, absolutely. But yeah, we've got so... to put them in their place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So um, we obviously we're going to want to bounce back from yesterday's result with a yeah. win uh, in mm -hmm. the Premier League. So yes. we can imagine a, a, a similar lineup. Can you can you see Barkley coming in, or do you see Pedro starting over William? Do you see any ch notable changes in the starting lineup? Well, it does depend on injuries, but yeah. I think I can imagine I could see Barkley coming in certainly. Yes, Pedro can finish, and he's got a little bit of pace, mm. so it could well be it could well be you could have Pedro on one side and Aiden on the other. Mm -hmm. I certainly like to see it, and I think um, it would be a good game, uh, as it would be a potentially good game for Morata. It could be a good game for Pedro as well. Mm. I could see us. Funnily enough, though, I could see a very, very nervous 1-0 to yeah. us. <laughs> oh, God. Very I mean, I, nervous 1-0. Especially now they've had the sort of um, the, the hashtag new manager bounce. Um, I would have preferred they waited a couple of games before getting runners in, but you can see why they would have done it in the international break. It was a smart move just before they played uh, Southampton, which is the perfect game to, to get a win. Um, yes, and they're going to be more rigid now, and they're going to look to play on the counter attack. They're going to, they're like, okay, so Ranieri won the league playing counter attack football. Fulham are quite pacey. They've got young players. Um, 
well, good, some fast players. Uh, so let Chelsea have the ball for their 70% and let's frustrate them and hit them on the break. And, you know, so that they'll have a game plan and there won't be anything else than that rather than being try possession themselves, end up no, displaying a shit show of football under Jokanovic and leaking four goals. Oh, I like the Jokanovic. I mean, he was a shit player for us, but um, I think um, I liked him in terms of what no, he tried I, I, to do. I would agree, Yannick. Mm. I, I absolutely agree with you. I think uh, he's obviously a little bit out of his depth there. Yeah. But, I mean, certainly with our defence, the way it, it kind of has been, and you're right, we have had a lot of let-offs. They will be, I think Fulham, there will be, you're right about the counter-attack. I totally agree. Mm. But I also think it could be, if we don't start well, they're going to grow into it and they could dominate. So I think, I I can imagine it's the classic Chelsea thing. Mm. Early goal, couple of chances and then we're going to retreat and get nervous and nervous and by the end they'll all be in the middle of the six yard box oh god I can see Fulham will dominate and we'll just just hold on for a one nil you paint such a vivid picture you know what my my, my previous uh, podcast I was previewing the Spurs game and I was giving a bit of the all one and then you know I said sort of you know what Chelsea 3-1 <laughs> <laughs> well you got that right yeah, the other way exa- <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I was just thinking about that today um yeah I, I yeah I mean, it can. I think. I think we will win. I think you're right. It could be a sort of nervy hanging on Fulham, like rallying for the new manager. Mitro's just scored a couple. Should have had a hat trick. He's going to be a problem. You know, he's a, he a handful. Can, you know, he's a, absolutely he's a handful. Schurler, he'll fancy doing something against Chelsea, won't he? <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. So, he will. Um, I don't know. Assessing you on that pass he did for the show. I don't know if you saw match of the day, but. Um, Sessegnon oh, no. did this excellent long pass to Shirley. He had a great game, you know, he went past some players. You could see him. What fullback would he be again against um, Sessegnon? Because he, he plays left wing now, I think, and not left back, which is, seemed like the obvious move for me. Um, so, mm. yeah, so he'd be playing against Aspi, maybe. Yes, but, he um, isn't having a great season. But I think Aspilicueta has got a bit of pace. I think I think he can look after Sessegnon, but... Yeah, and it's, it's... Aspi, out, out of the team that we've got, he is one of the sort of you know, inverted commas, proper chills. He won't, he will be hurting after that Spurs loss and he will yes. throw his everything back in it. To... Yes. I mean, the, 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 they looked so leaden footed yesterday oh, and God. didn't know how to deal with, with didn't have to deal with Spurs. That's, I think how we play against big teams is a question for another day. I'm not even going to think about Manchester City at the moment. No, that's, that's, that's <laughs> but not. I think, yeah, but I think it, Fulham with, 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 and I mean, with great respect to Fulham, it is, it's a it's a fairly decent fixture for us to get our confidence back. Of these course. next two games, because Wolves away is going to be hard. And yes. I think these next two could be good. Get a couple of, well, get at least one clean sheet. Just get a couple of wins, settle everybody down mm. and get everyone's confidence going. Get everyone up for it and get them going again. Absolutely. The Wolves away is going to be hard, I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, Arsenal looking at the door as well. I haven't actually checked the score. I know they're playing. I mean, just have a they won 2-1. Oh, that's bollocks. They're a point behind us in the league now, so they're fifth and we're fourth. Yeah, they're a point. They're one point, aren't they? One point, but we've got five goals on them. Oh, uh, I, I saw the first half. I saw that Jefferson Lerma own goal. I don't know if you saw that. Um, no, I haven't seen yeah, he it. Yeah, he was chasing back, and he 
I don't know, I guess he was trying to clear it out the outside of the post, but it looked like a striker's finish. <laughs> His own goal from the defender. I don't know if he's a defender, Lerma, but off on the way. Oh my off god, you way. saw it. He was busting a guy. He got on the end. If you if you had watched, if you just glanced up, you'd have been like, oh, what a goal, you know? <laughs> so those moments. Yeah, who's that striker? <laughs> yeah, but, um, exactly. Yeah, I, I think um, at the end of the day, though, ultimately this situation now and how we how we move forward and how we get out of it, frankly. That's what Sari's being paid his however five, six million pounds a year for. It's up to him. Mm. He's got what he's got now for the next month at least. Absolutely. And it's up to him now. He's got to now earn his money and get everybody going. And the players have to take responsibility as well. So Very these much. next two games are going to be a good opportunity for, for Chelsea to really say, right, we were dreadful. We've got to stop this spineless capitulation and we're going to go for it. And that's what I really want to see. I don't mind if Chelsea lose. Okay, I don't like it. If we go down fighting and we give 100%, everyone gives everything, but we're beaten by the better side, I can deal with that. It's capitulation and heart and stuff. Yeah, it, that's the thing. It's it's the, um, and I'm not talking about fouling players or anything like that, but I'm just seeing, you know, we've seen getting our players chasing getting- Chasing balls, the minimum. Chasing balls is getting left in the player's wake. No, I'm not having that. I'll tell you what, well so said, what happened. That's a, that's a that's a good that's a good rant to end the podcast because it's a positive one. It's just something that we demand from the players. Come so. on, Chelsea! <laughs> Come on, Chelsea! I want to yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. It's been really really interesting. Thank you for having me. No, it's been a it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, do you want to just tell the listeners, remind them of how they can listen to your uh, radio show and maybe plug your Twitter handle? Thank you. Uh, the radio station is Firebrand Radio. You can reach us online at firebrandradio.online. And if you want to tweet me or if you want to connect with me, uh, my Twitter handle is MattLevy419. Those are the numbers 419-M-A-T-T-L-E-V-Y and then the numbers 419. Lovely. Okay. Thank you so much, Matt, for coming Thank on. you, Yannick. All right, ladies and gents, that was Matt Levy. What a great conversation we had. Thoroughly enjoyed this podcast, and I hope you guys did too. Um, so, yeah, thanks again, Matt, and I'll try and get you on again. Um, for all returning listeners, thank you for joining me again on the Yannick and Chelsea podcast. And for new listeners, thank you for joining also. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast and you want me to keep going and you want to support Yannick, please do subscribe to the Yannick on Chelsea podcast on whatever app you're using um, or iTunes, um, whatever piece of uh, software. And I'd urge you to please go onto iTunes and give me a nice review and a five star rating because that really helps out podcasters. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, why wouldn't you want to help me out? <laughs> All right, that being said, guys, thanks again for listening. Up the Chelsea, keep the blue flag flying high, carefree, wherever you may be right now, and I'll see you later.